And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Thursday, January 4th, 2024. I'm J.E. Skeets here in the Classic Factory, and alongside me, as always, Tass Mellis. Podcast listeners, this is for you. Next to him, it's the bearded woman, Tasha Hopboy, Trey Kirby. hey hey yo. And over yonder, the man making the magic happen, super producer J.D. Hello. There he is. Here we are, shout out to the stream team, joining us live right now on YouTube, dropping broccolis in the chat. Smash that like button. Make sure you subscribe as well. Tell your friends and podcast listeners, leave us a five-star rating and review. Five-star Friday on tomorrow's Drop Pod. I want to jump right into this. I know we got beat stepping later. Got some great questions from you guys out there yesterday. And we got Tweet of the Night, but there were 12 games on last night. No shortage of scoring. Holy crap. 10 out of the 24 teams that played scored at least 130 points. And Ziller, Ghostface Ziller himself said... The average score across 12 games was 125 to 119. The average, which is uh, a lot of scoring. So let's do some drafting here. Picking two rounds each, six games total from the 12. TK, you get the number one pick. Which game are you drafting from last night as, uh, well, you know, a favorite or memorable for whatever reason? Well, there's only one game that was truly a national game last night. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess maybe two. Uh, but there was definitely <laughs> one. The Bulls and the Knicks were on ABC? Yeah. On Wednesday? Out of nowhere. In January? In 2024? Not 1992? Yeah. That did not make any sense to me, but cool to see. Kind of a fun game. I'd give it about three stars. The Bulls forced a lot of turnovers in the first half, hit a bunch of threes, and then they ran out of gas. I thought in the last 10 minutes of this game, is the second night of a back-to-back, but really the Knicks' all-star duo, I think we could say, of Julius Randle and Jalen Brunson really put this game away. 35 for Randle, 31 for Brunson. They combined to score 20 in the fourth quarter to really slam the door shut. And it was a, a real dichotomy of man situation. It was either Julius Randle hitting the toughest shots you've ever seen or Jalen Brunson hitting the easiest shots you've ever seen. (laughs) They go together so perfectly. Randle takes so many tough shots. He's a great tough shot maker. And when he's hitting, he looks like one of the best players in the league. And then Brunson, you're like, how did he get so open to shoot a floater once again when that's what he's going to every single time? I think Randle has been awesome uh, with OG OG Ananobi joining him in the lineup. There's more spacing. There's more opportunity. 39 in his first uh, game with OG alongside him, 35 last night. Both of them wins. He's shooting less threes this season. He took 8.3 per game last year. That's too many for Julius Randle. Only 5.1 per game this season. He's not up to a great percentage yet, but he was 3 for 7 last night. He's just playing to his strengths, which is literally strength. Playing bully ball all the time. And then Brunson picks up the slack. He's now up to 6.5 three-point attempts per game. He took 4.7 last year. That was a career high. He's also still at 43% right here. That being said, I still think the Knicks could be a potential Malcolm Brogdon team just because their offense gets a little clunky uh, when it's only Brunson or only Randall out there now that quickly is gone. But uh, good stuff for the Knicks. Isaiah Hartenstein, first big beef of his career. OG Ananobi is now up to a plus 54 in 69 minutes with nice. New York. This was a good win for the Knickerbockers. Great win from New York here. And obviously, uh, I know we'll get to the Raptors in a second, but looking good after the trade. Everybody's happy. Everybody's picking up these W's or continuing to play well. All the guys that are the big pieces that moved between the two teams any thoughts on that one it's funny that you bring up the all-star run for randall and jalen brunson and you you call them both all-stars they both look like it it's mm-hmm. going to be very difficult for one to not make it that being said at this point you know they are a play-in team so do both get voted in 
I don't know. But either way, uh, I think Jalen Brunson's work here has been lightened by OG Ananobi on the defensive end. He'll never have to really guard a tough player. That's OG <laughs> Ananobi's job. That's what they had last last game against the, the Minnesota Timberwolves. Cat was going off against Randall. So they said, OG, you go on him. Uh, take, take this chance. But, yeah, Julius Randall uh, is going to have a, a little bit of a – a lighter role, I think. Uh, and it's, it is going to be interesting with the guards. Malcolm Brogdon is really interesting. They traded uh, a couple guards because they're relying on Brunson. They are relying on Dante DiVincenzo as his is his guard. Uh, so I can't wait to see uh, what this team becomes because OG, just just a quiet night for him, scoring-wise. Didn't really need him to score all that much with 11 points, but that helps a ton. Don't quote me on this, but we might find out today the first... Uh... Fan vote returns from these All Star, uh, yeah, that's uh, right. You know, that's right. starters. I mean, I know we're not talking about the reserves yet, and uh, probably both of them will be actually picks uh, by the coaches if they're to make the actual All Star game. Mm. But I'm excited to see where Brunson falls in the guards in the Eastern Conference from the fan voting. I think that comes out pretty soon here because they like to release it a couple times before we obviously <laughs> get the finals numbers. And, uh, you know, we went to bat for him last year, TK. We were saying, where are all these Knicks fans? I mean, they should be coming out in droves to vote this guy as a starter. Um, and even more so this year. Randall made the game last year. Brunson didn't. I think it's a lock that Brunson is making it this year, but yeah. it's a good question mark about yeah whether Randall and the way he's played recently definitely deserving. He stunk it up to start the season, yeah. but he's really found uh, his three point shot a little bit and definitely finishing uh, inside inside the the three point line. I mean, it's not he's not always taking layups. The guy's taking yeah. impossible shots. Uh, so yeah, I definitely have Brunson ahead of Randall, but I assume neither of them are you know top five voted in voting. In. Yeah. Just New York. People have better things to do than vote online. <laughs> I'm walking they were here. Bad last yeah. year. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's keep it going because we got a lot of games to uh, try and address. Uh, you have uh, the second pick overall. Where are you going? This may have not been the second best game last night, but I don't care because I was watching. I was watching whether Emmanuel quickly was going to be what I wanted him to be, and that's be part of the offense, but. Don't overshoot it. Don't shoot it every single time. And that was the worry for some people from the Knicks fans. They just said, oh, yeah, you, you like quickly? Well, he's going to shoot it every single time. He may shoot you know, four for 20. And he wasn't actually all that great in his first game. There was plenty of misses. He kind of forces it at times. First shot, transition in this game. He's stopped the entire way, the entire way down, down the floor by Desmond Bain. And he decided to take a fade sort of with 18 seconds left in the shot clock on the baseline. Why? He missed. Then he was blocked by Jaron Jackson Jr. Missed his first three shots. Got yanked. Second stint, though, he was back, baby. He looked great. Uh, he just looked so much better. He got a nice defensive board. Chucked it to R.J. Barrett. End of the first quarter, I thought, oh, he's got the ball. He's, he's shooting this. Time is ticking down. But he got up to the three-point line and decided, you know what? I got to pass this. Because it was sort of a... Could have been a, a, a shot that would have been affected by the defender, but he passed it. They got a better shot from Gary. Gary Trent hit that shot. He looked good in that second stint. I think he was following things. Then he, he drew a foul uh, by Marcus Smart. Then he splashed a couple threes before half. He only had two made shots uh, before half, but things were looking better. And then Darko Ryakovic started to set him up in that third quarter. He said, all right, you go in into the lane. We're going to give you the ball when you come back up. He had to make a decision. He lined up a three, splash, next season, next possession, floater. Uh, and then, you know, he still, he still does some bad things. He forced a shot, but then he blocked Luke Kennard in the corner. I was just watching quickly. Uh, and Ryakovich was too. He started running things for him after he started playing better. Pinned down for him, his fourth three of the game. Then he hit his fifth three. Things are looking good for Raps fans. The best scoring guard since Kyle Lowry. Book it. Uh, and then, you know, the Grizz came back. Yeah. Um, Got tight. It, it was a weird one. And and quickly did have some bad possessions. They just don't know where everybody is supposed to be on the floor. But quickly needs to pass because Scotty Barnes and Pascal Siakam are great scorers themselves. And this is a team. This is a team. You're not just the number one guy. Everybody's got to score. And it worked in this game. Quickly at 26, leading the way. But Pascal Siakam got his at 24. Barnes complained at times. Give me the ball. I got somebody smaller than me, but he's had 20 points himself. So three guys scoring 20 points. And RJ pitching with 14. Yaki Yak. Yak of Purtle with five blocks in this game. That's the team. Um, so I thought they, they played well. And Schroeder is the perfect uh, six man. 
Like that's he the is. better. He's better suited to that type of role. And he's played really well since quickly and, and Barrett have come over. I agree, and yeah. that's when they turned this game when when yeah. Schroeder helped out uh, with the backup spot. RJ Barrett, you know, he he forces it sometimes three turnovers. That's RJ for you, uh, but he does a nice job pushing the ball at times too. So they're starting to get to know each other. They obviously played a, a Grizzlies team that is fine, but uh, Dennis Schroeder played John Morant in the playoffs before, and he was guarding him fairly well, mm-hmm. actually, in this game. So there you go. I just wanted to watch quickly. And good quick, bad quick, it happens. He got to do his dances. Oh, yeah. Like he does. His little skip, his little quickly yeah. skip there <laughs> with the threes up. I heard he, he, say, uh, he said Darko told him to literally change your face and be happy. Have some fun out there. I've never had that before. I was like, yeah, man, your previous coach was Tom Thibodeau. <laughs> I don't think he was like, you got to be out there smiling quickly. <laughs> I didn't see him say that. He, he, that was awesome. He says it like, Everybody. Yeah, he said it to Malachi Flynn, too. He's yeah. like, you got to start smiling more. You're a good-looking kid. Yeah. Yeah, he did tell him to smile more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's awesome. Well, uh, and the Raptors uh, winning two in a row after the trade, just like the Knicks with OG, uh, OG coming to them. Uh, their next game, uh, they're playing for something. Darko said they're going to... He's going to buy them dinner if they have a three-game win streak. Did you guys see this? <laughs> this is a while ago, is too. This guy coaching seventh grade. I know. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to get you slushies. Smile, we're having a pizza party. Yeah, yeah. So if the Raptors win their next one, and they're on a, a you know, they started a, a long road trip here, West Coast road trip, uh, that they're going to get a, you know, a dinner. I don't know what type of dinner. Of I don't know who dinner. gets to pick. Maybe it's one of the new guys. Uh, Siakam uh, should get the pick. Siakam gets to pick. He's the longest tenured Maybe it's guy. spicy barbecue after their nickname. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, is this an audition for Siakam? Or is this Ooh, actually great question. trying to boost his trade value? He's been great. He's been amazing. In the two games, uh, being the spicy barbecue, we all know spicy barbecue better than standard barbecue. Facts. Uh, <laughs> so I saw that the idea was they were going to see what Siakam looks like uh, alongside the new look Raptors with quickly there uh, handling the distribution. Uh, you know, no assist for Siakam last night. He's just going to be a scorer now. That makes more sense than him as the number one guy trying to create for everybody. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I mean, it's a question uh, for Masai. Do you trade a guy who won you a championship, one of your biggest success stories ever, who does fit nicely with the team right. so far? It's up to Pascal, I think. I think he wants to come back. I think he wants to be part of this team. But I think when he sits down with Masai after the season. After so the I, season. So, they're keeping to Yeah, yeah. You I, think I, so. If things are going well this year. Yeah, I think... I think they want him around, but they don't want to max him. Uh, so I think it's it's going to come down to numbers. I don't think – I know everybody's saying. He's going to be very close to a max player. He's going to make I a mean, lot he's, of he's money. He's prime. He's like an all-NBA, all-star level guy that is amazing. But he got a monster deal. I think he wants to be part of this team. I, I follow his words. His words are, I want to be a Raptor. And things are looking good in terms of money – he, they have to save a little bit of money on him because they're going to give lots, I do believe, to Emmanuel quickly. And then, besides that, they're not paying a ton of guys. Anyways, he's going to earn a contract. Well, this is a, a good, damn good this player. is a better problem to have than the opposite of what maybe could have happened where he's stinking it up and you're like, oh, we're trying to get uh, see what the trade value is for him. Like, you'd rather this decision if you're Masai, whether, yeah, you're keeping him, he's part of the long-term yeah. plan, you're going to sign him, uh, especially after OG got moved, even though you're going to have to play quickly, but it'll be less than OG will get. Um... Then him stinking it up, and he's like, oh, draft pick's going uh, down, 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 at least offers from teams. Yeah, He's killing it right now. So he's- if someone wants him, it's good that he's playing at his peak level uh, if a trade happens. But you guys talked it through. You didn't think it was likely after the OG move that he would be moved. I think Masai uh, went far enough trading OG. I think it'll be a big ass to lose Fred OG and Pascal Siakam in six months. Yeah, you know? yeah, it's true. Yeah, the only negative you'd say is, well, he's older, and maybe he's not going to be good for long, but he's still not 30 yeah, quite that, yet. Yeah. And he is the last guy from that championship winning team. Chris Boucher was there. That, does, <laughs> that doesn't count. Uh, but he past, was hanging out. I, I think, that being said, you know, obviously Kawhi was a, a bigger factor on that team, even you know, Fred at times, yeah. Lowry. But Pascal was the second or third guy on that team, now he can sit back and be that guy on this team a little bit at times, yeah. you know, with Scotty yeah. Barnes and Emmanuel quickly beside him. I think he knows that's important, you know. You know. All right, my pick here, uh, last pick of the first round. You guys have already played the homework cards. I'd love to see it. So I will take the Kings outlasting the shorthanded Magic in double overtime behind a triple-double from Sabonis. We had some big, big, big numbers in this one. Sabonis had 22 points. 
23 rebounds, Trey Kirby. That's a lot of roast beef. And 12 <laughs> assists. His seventh triple-double of the season. I think I saw a stat that Sabonis is 12th all-time in career triple-doubles. And I was like, holy crap, I think he's tied with Giannis, which sort of blew my mind. Uh, but Malik Monk scored 37 off the bench, 17 of them in the fourth quarter and overtime. Those plus 800 sixth man of the year odds looking even tastier, in my opinion, uh, with what he did in this one. And then Paolo Bancaro, he had a career-high 43 points, missed a potential game-tying three at the buzzer in double overtime. Like We were very close to a triple overtime game here. He got a great look, uh, really, really good look at it. Um, but entertaining game, a lot of shots being made. Orlando hit a career, or excuse me, franchise record 25 threes, and the Kings somehow still pulled us out. Keegan Murray was awesome. Fox was not. Like, this was one I mean, one good takeaway from the Kings is, like, you didn't need Fox to be incredible to eke out this victory because he was bad. Hit a big turnaround jumper in, in the double overtime. Don't get me wrong. But, uh, you know, he was pretty brutal from the floor, and I think a lot of that was Suggs. That guy's an awesome defender uh, out on the perimeter, and he can sort of shut some, shut some of these uh, quick guards down. But, yeah, fun game. No doubt. It was a fun game. The Magic hitting 25 threes, that ain't them. No. Um, that, that, was, that was the odd thing. But I think why they lost was Paolo Boncaro just got tired of being the guy every single possession and into double overtime. He just got a little gassed, it looked like. Um, but he looked ridiculous offensively. He was so freaking good splashing six threes, which is a lot for him, but just being able to just – just do it every single possession. Oh yeah, he was, was the offense. Now a big part of that was Franz Wagner left the game five minutes into this one, sprained his ankle. I think X-rays are negative. Uh, but then they also lost Gary Harris in this game. Bunkero Bunk- even sprained his ankle at one point during this game. Obviously played through it. And Orlando was already missing Cole Anthony. There's no Isaac. There's no Ingles. There's no Mar- Markel Fultz. So pretty short-handed. So this was a valiant effort. You were getting huge minutes from OKK Houston. Trey Villain, excuse me, Trey Villain Queen? Lord, I was born a Trevlin Queen. <laughs> yeah. He played 38 minutes. Uh, I think this guy was like a G League MVP. Like, he's good, but, you know, he had to, he had to get a lot more uh, burn here because of all these injuries. So, Trevlin. Trevlin Queen. 38 minutes. Had Against the Kings, wild. Wow. Really makes you think. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> yeah, point. Wagner went out. Uh, and that's why Paolo really had to carry. And yeah. you're right. He kind of wore down at the end. Would have been a great shot if he hit the one oh. at the end of 2 OT. Uh, but he did. He did hit a three to go up two with 16 yep. seconds left at the end of regulation. Hit a jumper to put the Magic up one with 33 seconds left in overtime. He tied the game at the end of overtime, and then he finally missed yeah. uh, the game-tying one at the end of 2 OT. Uh, Paolo's awesome. Uh, that guy's an all-star, uh, I think, for sure. But the Magic have now lost uh, 10 of their last 15 mm-hmm. since winning nine straight. There was talk of them winning a first-round playoff series. They need to make the playoffs yeah, first. Yeah, I don't yeah. think they are a contender to actually win a series, but they can still finish in the top six because they generally play defense, though not in this one. Yeah. yeah, and I thought the biggest play in double overtime was Keegan Murray grabbed a rebound. I think it was off a Monk missed three. He handed the ball immediately to Fox, relocated himself to the three-point line. Fox gave it back to him, and he hit that three. That put them up, or excuse me, that tied the game at 135. Then they got a stop. There were not many in this game. And then that's when Fox hit that turnaround jumper. But I thought Keegan Murray had a really, really good game in this. Like, picking up the slack for Fox, who, uh, like I said, had a quiet one. And and Sabonis, I mean, a lot of that, a lot of his came down the stretch, too, in regulation and overtime, at least when it came to scoring the ball. Because there was, like, a part of this game where it was just, like, Bancaro on one end and Sabonis on the other, and they just kept trading baskets. It was uh, very entertaining. So I will take uh, that double overtime victory from the Kings there. And Malik Monk is also strengthened by the fact that he plays so many minutes in terms of being a six-man of the year. That yeah. guy just plays a ton. They play him a lot. He's going to be like their third-highest-minute guy in, in for the entire season, no matter what happens. They just play him so much. He played 46 minutes in this game, and I know they they uh, obviously went to double overtime. 58-minute game. Yeah, but they play. he just plays a lot no matter what. So. If you gamble, don't gamble. But this is it makes more and more sense every time because it doesn't matter how many minutes he plays for the gamblers. <laughs> uh, he's just going to be strong because he he just plays a lot every single. You don't night. think there's a bet out there uh, that you can place on how many minutes Malik Monk will play <laughs> mm-hmm. off the bench this year? 
There's well, a bet for everything. Probably somewhere. Yeah, of course there is. Well, they should make a rule that you can't play 40 minutes a game and be six man of the game. <laughs> or something, something stupid like that. Uh, all right, let's do another round here. Nine games still on the board. Oh, boy. Some beauties. So. Uh, where are you going, Trey? This one. I don't know if this one's a beauty. I don't know if this one's a beauty. <laughs> Maybe a reach <laughs> at the fourth pick uh, because I saw our buddy and Hawks fan Brett Legree called the Hawks' victory last night a feel-bad win for Atlanta. <laughs> Atlanta scored the first 11 points. They were up by 21. They never trailed in a win over a title-contending team in the Oklahoma City Thunder, but still not super convincing no. for Atlanta because they stopped playing defense in the second half. They Hawks gave up 104 points per 100 possessions in the first half. That's good. That's really, good. really good. 158 per 100 possessions <laughs> in the second half. And they also completely forgot how to score in the fourth quarter. Trey Young didn't take a shot the last nine minutes and 44 seconds of this game. Oklahoma City was blitzing him really hard and then just sticking to him as soon as he gave up the ball. The Thunder, meanwhile, after trailing by 16 with three minutes left, Hawks are basically trying to run out the clock at this point. They were playing prevent offense, <laughs> prevent defense, prevents you from winning the game, and the Thunder got completely hot. They ran a sick out-of-bounds play. With three seconds left, a pass to Jalen Williams under the hoop. They almost fouled him, but he <laughs> kicks it to the corner for Isaiah Joe. Wide open three from the corner, and he finally missed yeah. on a night that the Thunder shot 50% from three. That being said, this is still probably the best Hawks win in about two months. Yeah. They beat the Magic in Orlando November 9th. Their other wins since then are Detroit twice, Washington twice, that crazy game against the Nets, then the Spurs Raptors and at Houston is a decent win yeah. as well, but this better. They haven't beaten a lot of great teams, uh, and they actually took down uh, the Thunder last night on the second night of a back-to-back, and it's basically because of Jalen Big Johnson, career-high 28 points, including 11 in the fourth quarter. He was basically the release valve uh, for Trey Young and Bogdanovich when he was the guy that they were taking the ball out of his hands. He's kind of in his bag. Shot a bank shot. I've never seen Jalen Johnson yeah. take a bank shot in the mid-range. Had a little uh, like. Dirk Nowitzki-esque fadeaway in the middle of the lane as well, and then a huge dunk at the end of the second quarter on Chet Holmgren. Somehow only number two on NBA.com's top ten plays of the night last night. This was an awesome dunk. The slow-mo looks great. Hilarious call from Bo Estes uh, on the top ten who says, Jalen went sailing. Straight in Palin, <laughs> Chet Holmgren. Excuse oh, this guy's me. Bars, man. Uh, Put that on the Hawks only fans page. Uh, uh, if you want to stuff it hard, you need Big Johnson. <laughs> the guy might be the Hawks MVP nine and seven when he's in the starting lineup. Yeah, in the four games since returning from his wrist injury, Big Johnson has averaged basically twenty points per game and eleven boards, shooting sixty percent from the field and nearly eighty-seven percent at the line. We were debating, who are they trading? Are they trading DeJounte Murray, Trey Young? Get them both out of here! This is Big Johnson's team, baby! <laughs> Big Johnson. Yeah, it could be an OnlyFans nickname as well. Uh, he's, did did Boasty say Impalin? <laughs> Straight Impalin! Impalin! He did sort of impale him on another possession. He gave his elbow right to Chet Holmgren's face. That's kind of impaling. A little bit. Uh, but Holmgren stuck in. That was fun. That was a fun Jalen Johnson game. Uh, the Hawks need to score to win games because they don't have a great defense. So mm-hmm. Bogdan Bogdanovich has been lacking the last couple of weeks. I think that's part of their losing streak. But in this one, 141 points up against the OKC. Um, that's very, very good. I, I know we say this about a lot of games and a lot of teams, and Trey Kirby's famous line is that uh, you know 20-point first-half leads, they're fake. They don't mean anything. There's a lot of truth to that, especially when you watch Hawks basketball oh yeah <laughs> they're either up by 20 or they're down by 20 you cannot leave the arena you cannot turn it off the odds are it's going to be an entertaining close game because they'll either come back we saw them do that against minnesota that one comes to mind oh, yeah. uh you know a, a while ago and then there's many games where they're up big and they'll also give it all back it's they're a strange team just like they're <laughs> such a mid team where they win one lose one they do that within games they're up 20 and then they'll give a 20 point lead uh, away just yeah. like that but yeah that was great to see I, i'm happy that uh Jalen Big Johnson <laughs> is uh, first off a nickname that we're really trying to push, and that he's uh, you know living up to the hype here. He's he's coming through. He looks great. It wasn't surprising that they gave up 138 points, but it was surprising that they scored 140. Four guys scoring 20 points. That's pretty good uh, yeah. for for the Hawks. But they are just they just have to outscore teams. That's unfortunately that is how the team gets W's. Even though Trent Forrest. Uh, he did a nice job on Shea Gilders-Alexander. Shea Gilders-Alexander was trying to freestyle in the forest, but Trent 
Uh, he was in there. Trent Forrest. Yeah, I just wanted to say that. Freestyle in the forest. Freestyle in the forest. Chas Miller's with a chainsaw. Trey pulled it up yesterday. That's good, man. Yeah, it's it's not bad. Uh, What what is also good, I love when usually you get a kiss cam. They do the Snapchat filters at Hawks games. So they'll just show a couple fans, and then they just look like they start crying or whatever. (laughs) Whatever happens to their eyes, their eyes sag. Their eyes go up. I like the Snapchat filters. (laughs) Respect to the Hawks, uh, <laughs> you know, a uh, uh, team there in Atlanta. Okay, uh, let's go to Utah. Uh, where are you going next for your game? The Clippers Suns. If you remember last year in the playoffs, that's the matchup that we got. This is the first game that these two have played this season. Huh. A little surprising. Yeah. Uh, this is a rematch. And if the Clippers were healthy in that series, maybe they win. They didn't have Paul George and Kawhi went down. This is a different Clippers team. Kawhi. Doesn't manage that load. It's it's no Kawhi management load. He had a good game, but it was Paul George who didn't play in that game at all. Now, I don't know if he was just feisty because he didn't get to play in that series or he had a bit of a, a beef with Devin Booker because on podcast, P, he had Clay Thompson who had a bit of beef with Devin Booker. But he looked so good in that first quarter. He was on fire. 17 big points for him uh, in the entire game, 14 free throws, because he really wanted to go for it. And I, I loved how he was setting guys up as well. He was, he was making things happen. Terrence Mann as a starter is really, really great. He's quiet. He doesn't have to shoot uh, as much, but Russell Westbrook took a seat back, which was very nice. And Terrence Mann, 12 in the first quarter, double digits in the last four games for him. Just a very nice balance. So you got 33 from Paul George in the entire game. Zero load Leonard line of 30 points in that game. Obviously, they didn't have Durant. And uh, so that, that's unfortunate. He's got a hamstring injury. And uh, yeah, it, it's just, will this team be healthy come the postseason? Who freaking knows? Um, but they have a little bit more depth than this Suns team. The Suns, they've got so many minimum contract guys. And Bull Bull has materializing to their backup yeah, center. He played, He's again. playing again. Yeah, they signed him in like <laughs> right. September or something as, as basically the 15th guy. And now he's taking Drew Eubanks, Drew Eubanks minutes. And uh, they, they did nicely to get back in this game with Bobo on the floor where they were just switching everything on the defensive end because the Clippers were just going at him at times. Uh, but when they were switching, they were good. And uh, Bobo, 14 points, six of seven. Um, I don't, it's hard to believe in all their supporting players, but I don't know, when Durant comes back, they should be able to score enough. But you look at their lines, they just don't have enough scoring uh, besides their big-name guys. So, yeah, it, listen, this this game would have been way different with Kevin Durant. Uh, but the Clippers, nice to see. It is nice to see. I, I don't want to believe, but um, when they're all healthy, it is an entirely different team. They need the playoffs to start tomorrow is yeah. what they need. Yeah. <laughs> if they started tomorrow, then I would maybe like, oh, yeah, I could convince myself they could go quite far. But it's a long regular season. It's obviously a long playoffs. And if they're out there, they're a damn good team. Those guys looked awesome. They're 21-12 and 12 now. They're only three games back, the Clippers are, from the number one spot in the Western 13 Conference. 13-2 since December 1st. Best That's record right. in the league. Right. Yeah, since the bad start with Hart when he first got there and then the record's been incredible after you know those first five or six games whatever it was yeah they uh they took care of business last night it was one of those things where like they were dominating the game and then yeah the suns made the late late push but it was uh a little too late obviously um good win no doubt yeah. but it looked like the first time the suns had ever seen paul george play <laughs> like i got so many open three-point yeah. shots they were doubling off him from the strong side corner <laughs> the guy's been in the NBA for like 15 seasons. One of the best three-point shooters uh, in the league. And then it was like Grayson Allen was trying to stick Kawhi. It just didn't make yeah, sense with no tough. Kevin Durant out there. Yeah, all these minimum guys for the Suns, I think every one of them was talked up at some point over the summer. Yeah. And they all fall out of the rotation eventually. Keita Bates' job got completely lit up last night. I thought he was really, really bad. And that was a guy that people thought was going to be starting mm-hmm. uh, for this team. Utah Watanabe. He's still on the team, allegedly. Jordan Goodwin, we talked him up for a little bit. Drew Eubanks was the starter. <laughs> Basically, Frank Vogel is trying everything. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And he's had to uh, a little bit with um, Durant being out sometimes. Beal missed a bunch of time. Booker missed a bunch of time. But these guys are going to be unreliable throughout the season, and it's going to be a big-time question mark even in the playoffs who can actually stay on the court. Yeah, and you mentioned Vogel. For sure, he's trying new things you got to give some props to Ty Lue because all these guys are buying in for the Los Angeles Clippers. All of them. You know, Russell sitting down, Terrence Mann being part of the starting lineup, and 
really doesn't have to shoot all the time, just playing great defense because that's what he does. And, and also you know, guys like Mason Plumley, who's back healthy and saying, you know what? I see Daniel Tice playing really well. I don't have to play. So uh, he literally said, I don't have to play. So guys are sacrificing uh, for this team. Sounds lazy. Yeah. yeah, just like Charlie Conway when Adam Banks came back in uh, the junior Goodwill games. <laughs> got to play. I remember that. Yeah. That was big time. Adam but, comes in. He's able to actually turn his wrist over. You're getting your best goal scorer back. I don't care if he's a cake eater. <laughs> Well, I did Classic. not expect the Mighty Ducks reference on today's show, but good stuff. Uh, all right, so we'll see you uh, come playoff time if the Clips can stay healthy and continue to roll. Uh, final pick here. So many games left to choose from. We had the Pacers dropping a 47-point quarter on the Bucks for their fifth straight win. Milwaukee 1-4 against the Pacers this season, season 23-6 against the rest of the league. Indy owns them. Halliburton owns the Bucks. They have to avoid them at all costs a uh, couple playoff series, it feels like. But I'm not taking that one. I'm not taking the Jazz outlasting the Pistons, 154 to 148 in overtime. Mm-hmm. You see the Alec Burks Alec shot Burks. to get them into that overtime period. That was crazy. There was a lot of shot making in that one. Big three after big three after big three. Not taking that one. I'm not taking the Heat holding the Lakers to just 96 points, though they looked awesome. Austin Reeves returned to the lineup, starting lineup for LA. Didn't matter. Another loss. LeBron? Is Father Time getting the best of LeBron James right now? Oh my god. I want to take a team that we've... I feel like we haven't talked a lot about, and they're rolling right now, and that is the Pelicans. They won their four straight, they beat the Wolves 117-106, and Zion scored 27. And this was on the second night of a back-to-back for them. They go on the road, and they shoot 56% from the field versus the best defense in the league. And Zion and Brandon Ingram were both awesome. They combined to shoot 18 of 26 from the floor. Herb Jones has found his three-point shot. Um, couldn't shoot all that well to start the season. He went four or five from deep last night. He's nine of 14 over the last three games from uh, distance, 64% for you math nerds. So I thought this was just an awesome Pelicans game. And I, you know, it's gone under the radar a little bit. You know, there was a lot of, there was the talk about Zion after that crappy in-season tournament game. And everybody, oh, the sky is falling. What's wrong with this guy? Since sort of then, they've been, they're rolling here. And they are uh, leading the Southwest Division. If you care about that, twenty-one and fourteen, won four in a row. Like I said, yeah, they're nine and four since the tourney, um, which I do <laughs> think kind of hurts some people. Like the Lakers got that high, the Pacers had that high right after it. The, yeah, they all kind of plummeted a little bit, and yeah, the the Pelicans were ridiculed. Uh, they were talking about what we're going to do in Las Vegas, um, and obviously that didn't happen. Uh, but I, I loved how Brandon Ingram had a very quiet 19-point night in this game, but he wasn't forcing it. And and I think that just makes everybody around him better. Even though he can get the ball, and we saw him even going back to to Team USA where he went from the starter in the World Cup this offseason to on the bench, uh, I think he's just being smart um, by not shooting every single time and guys helping out. And and they didn't even have the Trey Murphy uh, with them in in this game. They had other guys uh, to pass to, and, and that was smart. Was, that's why they win. It was a clean game for the Pelicans. What I mean by that is 30 assists to 12 turnovers. And again, they had this, like a lot of teams last night, you can almost take the, the results from last night and sort of rip them up and throw them out because there were so many like weird back-to-back games and weird travel games and all that. But the Pelicans arrived in Minnesota at like 2 a.m. Again, they're playing the best defense in the league. Minnesota was, I think, up until last night, 14-1 and at home. They'd only lost once there, so really good in their own barn. And for the Pelicans to play like a damn near perfect game here, really impressed me. Over their last 12 games, they're a very good 9-3. and But if you dig deeper, they lost those three games by a combined five points. They lost twice to the Grizzlies, one of them that John Morant um, buzzer beater like the in his first game right uh, against them mm-hmm. and the other one in a very close loss to the Rockets so like hey look a couple different bounces here or there and they're on a huge winning streak but they are uh, they're surprising me and it's I'm, I'm happy to see this and CJ had another good game like when all their guys play we've always talked about like look at their roster man there's not a lot of holes um, but they always have this issue where there's like two guys out of the lineup three guys out of the lineup um, great game from them I thought it was one of their best wins of the season last night yeah, absolutely, and first time the Timberwolves have lost two straight this right. season. Uh, they're going out for a four-game road trip, so this might be like the first adversity moment uh, for Minnesota, and we'll see how they handle it because they look to be a team that can withstand adversity this year. Uh, last season, that wasn't necessarily the case, but they got better cohesion now. Uh, it's going to be 
them getting back to their defensive principles, really, and not kind of resting on their laurels at this point. Okay, there it is. The six games we've drafted from the 12th. And then whenever we do this, you know, you're bound to piss off some people. Oh, you didn't take my game. You didn't take my team, my performance. That's fair. Let us know in the comments right now there in the stream team and the YouTube comments. Tweet at us. At No Dunk Sync. There were a lot of uh, very entertaining and high-scoring games like we talked about. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep. You heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Let's hit the beach, baby. You got the buzz. I got the rockets. You got the nuts. I got the chocolates. We got that chit chat down pat, blah, blah, blah. You got that certain special Genesis Let's go to the beach, baby. Yeah, let's go to the beach. Only place to read your emails and your tweets. First one from Jeremy. When a big trade goes down, there's always a lot of hype around the acquisition, highlighting the strengths of the acquired player and minimizing their weaknesses. With the Raptors-Knicks trade, for instance, I've heard a lot about how Barrett's efficiency could improve in a new system or that quickly will thrive with some more minutes. Sometimes a change of scenery makes a huge positive difference. Sometimes that player's weaknesses are just as evident. As a Raptors fan, I remember riding the hype of the Rudy Gay and Hito Turkoglu acquisitions. <laughs> but here's my question. What player acquisition did you initially think would have a huge impact on their new team only to come back down to earth a few months later? Oh, that was a fun cue from Jeremy. Does anybody uh, want to jump in and take this one first? Well, Jeremy brought up Hito. Hito Turkoglu of the Toronto Raptors. It was, the year was 2009. Mm. And I thought when they made the biggest signing of the offseason, the Raps would be good. Uh, but I also wondered about the Pistons because they went and signed Ben Gordon and Charlie Villanueva that offseason. Two five-year deals for each of them. Biggie, big deals for those guys. Ben Gordon was 26, and he was done in the NBA at the age of 32, so he only lasted six more years. Charlie Villanueva, he was 25. These two guys are entering their prime. He was done at 31, unfortunately, in the NBA. So both definitely got the biggest contracts of their years, of their career, I should say, and it didn't work out. They went and got back Ben Wallace, who used to be on their team, you know, he bounced around and then came back. Their 15th pick that year was Austin Day. Uh, as Trey went through in that short, <laughs> I just had to remember his name. You went through every single pick for the Detroit Pistons. Austin yep. Day. I remember. Uh, D-A-Y-E. It was, a bad one. <laughs> uh, it was a bad one. And they they traded Aaron Aflalo, who's a was a, a decent NBA player. Borderline All-Star at times. Uh, with, Orla- to, with Orlando or Denver, it, was he the borderline All-Star? Orlando. Yeah. He could have made it 2014 season. Yeah. 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 Okay. And then the, and he he was traded because they wanted to go sign Charlie and Ben for money, and they didn't want to pay Aaron Aflalo. And uh, those were all Joe Dumars signings um, that didn't go well. Mm. At all, that it's team just one. was bad. Uh, so I thought they, they they literally just paid them a ton of money. Uh, back then, five-year deals was a lot, and they just they couldn't do anything. But from what you can remember, you sort of liked the thinking. Well, we'd have to fire up the tapes that could be, uh, to yeah. hear Tass's take on Ben Gordon and Villanueva going to the Pistons. Yeah, I was just fooled. I was fooled. <laughs> five-year five-year deals. Like ben Gordon, obviously a good scorer in this game, but then to have that role in the Pistons uh, fell off. I yeah. mean, he was great to start his career. Charlie Villanueva. He had a 47-point game for those Toronto <laughs> Raptors, uh, which is really strange. Or was it for the Bucks? Yeah, no, it was for the Raptors against the Bucks. Yeah. But to give to give these guys five-year deals <laughs> entering their prime, you'd think, okay, they're yeah, going to be good. But yeah. after that, after those contracts, they're literally just done yeah. in the NBA. Wow, that's wild. Uh, what about you, Trey? Who you got for this one? Every trade deadline takes me back to the year 2012 and the pursuit 
of Rahman sessions. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> we talked so much on the show at the score, looking out onto Blue Jay Way about freaking Rahman sessions going to the Los Angeles Lakers. It was a huge deal. The Lakers traded Luke Walton, Jason Capono. Shout out to the Capono tracker. Getting a mention in organically and a conditional first round pick and a first round pick swap for Roman Sessions. He played 23 games for the Lakers, 12 points, six assists per game in the playoffs, nine points, four assists per game, 37% from the field, 16 from three. They beat the Nuggets uh, in seven games in round one, then lost to the Thunder, who ended up going to the finals. And here's where it gets bad for the Lakers. Guess who those picks became? Jared Cunningham and Nemanja Nedovic. I wouldn't have guessed that. that. So just remember that when we're talking about trades and players Mm. who might make a big difference at the trade deadline and first round picks and swaps, sometimes they don't matter at all. No. Like literally at all. That's a good point. Ramon Sessions. Wow. Great answer. Great answer. I just pulled up Steve Nash because he was mentioned here from still with the – and he was – traded for Nemanja Nedevic. Uh, Nedevic was part of a deal. Anyways, cool. but the, but he, but still with uh, brought him up here uh, on the stream team because, oh yeah, that was a big one. Oh, to uh, the Lakers. Yes, 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 yeah, yes. When he signed, okay. just any signing, when he signed to the Lakers, I remember looking at the TV. I was in New Orleans actually with our friends Daryl and Lisa looking at that t- TV and seeing Nash on the Lakers. What is going on? Well, that's the iconic uh, Sports Illustrated cover, too, right? This is yeah. going to be of fun. Dwight and Nash. And Dwight. This is going to be fun. we got the wrinkliest shorts you can imagine. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Crazy wrinkly. Get the iron out. Come on. Uh, I've got a weird answer to this one. because, And I, I think it's weird because it, it lives up to what uh, Jeremy's asking to begin with, but then it ultimately pays off. And that is March 25th, 2021. Aaron Gordon was traded from the Magic to the Nuggets for R.J. Hampton. Gary Harris, there was also Gary Clark involved in the deal. We had two Garys Double on Gary. the move in that trade. <laughs> and a 2025 first-round draft pick. Uh, and, and I say, like, I was pumped at the time. I remember it was like, you know, Aaron Gordon was in Orlando. The stats were okay, but no one really cared about them. And, you know, some people that watch those League Pass games, like, he's good. Like, he makes sense. So he comes to Denver. Like, I'm all on board. Like, what an acquisition. They rip off an eight-game win streak. So they're looking solid. And then amidst that streak, Jamal Murray injures himself and then, you know, like played one more game and then tore his ACL. So he's out. Denver made it to the playoffs and they won the first round series, but then they got swept by the Suns and Aaron Gordon did nothing in that series. So that's where it was like, he fell back to earth. It was like, uh uh-oh, he averaged like nine points per game in, uh, in that series, playing 30 minutes a game against the Suns, just did nothing. So the next season starts, there's no Murray, um... And they win 48 games, but he he was just like, blah. He was just like, oh, <laughs> maybe he is just a magic Aaron Gordon still. It's like, he's fine, but he's nothing special. Basically, we learned he can't really be your second best player for an entire season. So the next year then, Jamal comes back, Michael Porter Jr. comes back, and Aaron Gordon gets to slot into more of like a third or fourth sort of guy on a team, focus on defense, focus on trying to hit a three-point shot. And he was awesome, instrumental in their postseason run of the championship. But that's a weird one because I remember being really high on it it looked great, and then it was like, oh, he's really maybe not that guy. He's not going to turn into that sort of number two star on a team. He didn't need to in the end because Jamal Murray was that guy, and Michael Porter Jr. sort of could fill in the roles there. So I went with AG because I remember being all in on that one. The Gary, Gary. Yeah, but it AG worked perfect. Trade. In the end. Yeah, it, in worked the end. As in, it worked as envisioned. Yes, 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 that's right. Yeah, it's but, just they needed to have their team healthy. They, yeah. they, they traded for him to be the third or fourth guy, not to beat the second guy. Yeah, that's fair. But I think people still were convinced he could be a second guy, that he could turn oh. into that alongside of yeah. Jokic. Mm. Um, but you're right, Jamal Murray getting injured changed the entire equation of that team. I thought you were going to be on the other side of it, Sam, man. I thought Gary Harris was going to be <laughs> balling for the Magic. That guy had a lot of hype. He was in a lot of trade rumors, yeah. and now it's like I see Gary Harris still out there for the Magic. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, got hurt last night. What's yeah. up, Gary? Yeah, yeah. Hey, Gary. Uh, next one. You got this one, Tass. Subno Dunks, inspired by the serenading songbird wall clock from the Hamaka Schmella Schlemmer catalog. 
Come on, say it right. Uh, well, Hol- I did it say Hamaka Schlemma after a second <laughs> of doing it a second time. Um, but I had to say, inspired by the serenading songbird wall clock from the Hamaka Schlemma catalog. I don't go. think I'll ever say that again. Which NBA player slash personality would you put on the clock? And what would be their signature sound at the top of each hour? Are you kidding me? What a question. For yeah. me, it's obvious you got to put Carlos Boozer with the and one for one and Zaza's nothing easy. We're going to game seven for seven. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Greetings from across the pond at Indonesia. Roberto, thank you very much for that. Wow. Thank you so much. So you want a separate... You want, you want a separate a separate signature saying from a player for each number? I think that's what he wants, yeah. Because yeah. that's what the serenading songbird wall clock mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. the Hamaka Schlemma catalog. Oh, that's how do. you say it, right? Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. You, you did Carlos Boozer fine. You did Zaza. That's yeah, what I wanted. Yeah, I've never No, everybody loved your Hamaka Schlemma. Uh, so, great <laughs> question. I think he's uh, started off this clock perfectly. Too good. The and one at the one on the clock. Carlos Boozer screaming that. We love that. Uh, I'm going to go through the rest. We're going to keep nothing easy. We're going to game seven, baby, for the number seven on the clock. Perfect. Let's fill in the rest. Uh, Might need some help because I filled in a lot of them, but there's a couple spots where I was like, I don't know. Uh, Number two on the clock, two beauties. (laughs) Hornets, play-by-play man, Eric Collins, screaming that when we hit the two o'clock. Number three on the clock, quite easy. Mike Breen calling a Curry three. Bang! Mm. So uh, you can get, maybe you want to give me a double bang? Maybe double bang for uh, the PM, 3 PM, and uh, just a bang <laughs> for the AM, 3, 3 AM. Uh, number four, I'm going to leave that. I'll move on. Number Moses f- Malone, fo, 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 they're saying. That's oh, that's perfect. good. Okay, perfect. we'll take it. Yep. I needed one. Okay, fo, fo, fo. Moses Malone at the four. Number five, I want to... Um, it was a bit of a stretch how I put it at number five, but... KG, who wore number five when the Celtics won the championship, screaming anything is possible at five. <laughs> okay. okay. I, I also like it because it's, uh, you know, the standard getting off work time. Yeah, there you go. That's <laughs> anything good. is possible. We can do whatever we want. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so he's at five. Uh, at six, <laughs> a hell of a stretch putting it here, but I really wanted it on the clock. Michael Jordan won six rings, so let's put... Marv going, a spectacular move! And you can add the Michael Jordan if you want, but I think just a spectacular move when it hits six on the clock is fun. From Marv. Seven, nothing easy we talked about. Eight, I've got open. So we'll, we'll circle I back. I got one for you. Okay, good. It's LeBron saying not two, not three, not four, not five, not six, not seven. And then it's eight o'clock. Uh, okay, yeah, that was, uh, that's where I was, I contemplated, but he stops at seven. I already had a good seven with Zaza. Okay, I don't mind it though. It's eight o'clock. <laughs> it's, not, it's not any of the other ones. That's true. <laughs> so every time we hit eight o'clock, he ends by saying it's not seven. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Okay, sure. Uh, number nine. Um, I'm just putting this here. It's, there's no reason. Uh, I want Lakers legend Chick Hearn at one point on this clock saying, Slam dunk! So I'm just putting it at nine. <laughs> I was going to put it at two, because two points, but two beauties is way better at two. two. Beauties. Yeah. Uh, number ten. This was easy. It's over. It's over, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Kenny Smith, after Vince got the perfect 10 in the dunk, and he just dominated the 2000 dunk contest. So that's at 10. I don't have an 11. If you've got an 11, by all means, share it. Because at number 12, I have, shut it down. Let's go home. Dirk on the broadcast in 2012. I just like the idea of it's uh, the end of the clock and shut it down. We'll start it all over again. But I don't have a number uh, 11. Mm. Yeah, I was struggling. I did want to get on the clock, uh, Pop scolding the Spurs crowd, knock off the booing. (laughs) So I can put that there if you want. I don't mind putting uh, Stephen A saying, stay off the weed. 420. Yeah, maybe four. And then uh, your package is going to be delivered, (laughs) which is a famous (laughs) quote that we love to say here from Jonas Valanciunas. Maybe we put that at 11. I don't know. So there you go. That's a pretty good clock, I think. We got a lot. It's a pretty good clock. <laughs> good clock. <laughs> you want to make this? Would you NBA sickos buy this clock? I don't know, man. I've been watching the Gilded Age, and it is tough to make a clock. There's all kinds of different uh, societies you got to join to even have your clock technology considered. Wow. Uh, so we're behind the eight ball from that 
perspective. I also wanted to get the Bulls uh, pregame huddle from the 90s. What time, time is, is it? it? Game time. <laughs> that would have been my 12 or okay. perhaps uh, Bill Walton saying, I want a 12-inch from DeMarcus Cousins. Oh, God, those are both good. <laughs> mm-hmm. Actually. 11's tough, though. No, maybe we move shut it down, let's go home to 11, because that's like okay. uh you know, nothing good happens after <laughs> after that time. So go home, says Get Burke, out of here. And then, yeah, I like both of those oh, options. The, uh, what else you got? The people in the stream team are suggesting you got to have a bing bong. <laughs> okay, we'll put a bing bong He's on there. not a there. player, but it does sound good on a clock. It could be any of them. Okay. Could be any of them. Okay. Yeah. All right, let's get to the next one here. It uh, went long on that wall clock. Okay, next one. You've done the all-spectacle team. And the all-spectacle, non-all-star variety, recently during a Beach Steppin' podcast. So how about the all-spectacled team? <laughs> and we've got some emojis there. One with sunglasses and then just the glasses. And uh, this is from Alex in Erie, Colorado. And I have to admit, when we first got the all-spectacle team, I did read it as in all-spectacled team. <laughs> guys wearing glasses. But it was like a, it was more of the highlight variety, like who are must-watch guys. But this one, Tass, mm. all-spectacled. All-spectacled. Whether they be glasses or goggles, sure. what have you. For me, the all-glasses, all-goggles team starts with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. That's what I think of. Mm-hmm. Legend. Yes. Okay, revolutionized yep. the game with the goggles, frankly. Yep. Everybody copied them. With, obviously, the skyhook, with dunking in college. It changed the game. Yep. So he's on my starting five. Also, Kurt Rambis uh, <laughs> okay. with, his, with his circles, with his Supermans, frankly. I mean, they really were uh, Clark Kent's. Uh, so they start. Three, I got to go current. Wendell Carter of the Orlando Magic I think looks damn cool. Uh, there's not too many guys who look cool with glasses. I think he looks the coolest of everybody. And he had a nice white frame. So they had a nice accent. Also, they're they're like windows. They like cover his whole face. <laughs> they are big. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, He wasn't wearing them last night. Has he He's stopped? Changed. Yeah, yeah, I think he stopped. Yeah, uh, I do. I love that clip though, where like he gets hit in the face and they come out and LeBron picks up the lens. Yeah, and just puts them on and looks around. Oh. so weird. <laughs> it's so funny though. I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah, the sharp white frame. He just says, "I'm going to put these on." He's just having fun. I'm going to wear some stylish glasses uh, for LeBron. Four. I'm going with Amari Stoudemire. Because those eyes were protected by those glasses. That's what he was. That's what he was doing. He looks like he's just sort of wearing almost baseball, almost Oakley glasses. They look good. I forgot about those. Yeah, yeah I did. Yeah. yeah, he wore them for a bit. Yeah, he did. Um, and last, I'm going with Ben Wallace when he wore those red goggles for a bit. They were cool. Uh, mm. Those were the coolest eyes in the NBA at the time. <laughs> I mean, it is a small, pe- small period of time. I don't even know if they protected them. I, I have no idea. Oh, yeah. no, they're just wearing fashion. Them. Yeah, because they look like they're just cool. Oh, they did look cool, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I, he who, may have worn them for one game. I don't really know. So who's your coach then? Quinn Snyder? Yeah. <laughs> With Sally Raphael. Sally Raphael. How do you Sally say Sally Raphael. Jesse Raphael? Sally, Sally Jesse Raphael. Yeah, Raphael had oh, a red headband. Yeah. That's a Ninja Turtle. Yes. Uh, <laughs> um, anyways, so other guys are great. Like Hakeem Olajuwon, James Worthy, Kirk Heinrich, I thought looked good with glasses. Oh, yeah, I love the accessorize. So those are the honorables. All right. You got a big team. No horse, no horse Grant. Horse Grant, big snub. Yeah, that's a big snub. Yeah, you got snubbed. That's a tough one. All right, that's a great question there, Alex. All spectacle team. Next one. During conversations about Chet getting fouled and getting three free throws for OT, I wondered, would you rather hit one three with the game on the line or three free throws? Interesting, Tim in Washington State, but he's also from Belleville, from the north shores of Lake Ontario. So, yeah, would you rather hit one three with the game on the line or three free throws? To tie it up. Yeah, wow. Well, you know, I mean, I immediately was like, one three. Hmm. Way cooler. And then I did think about it a little bit more, and it's like the pressure to tie a game, step into the line, and and knocking down all three free throws. That's something. There's something there. A little more attention on you. The game is slowed down. It's the focus is just on you. But still, give me the three. Because I. it's tough to celebrate after a made free throw. <laughs> like, coolly, you know? <laughs> the most you can do is sort of just like a nice little fist pump. But after a three, you can do whatever you want. You can jump on the on the uh, sidelines. You can high-five fans and all that. So I'm taking the three, TK. I don't know about you. 
it's a three and a blowout. Mm. Not even close. Ooh, Nobody's choosing free throws. No. <laughs> no. They're boring to watch. You can't celebrate after it, and it's way more stressful. With a three, if there's a second and a half left, nobody expects you to make it. You're mm. not thinking about it. You're just catching it and shooting it. Mm. And if it goes in, you're a hero. And if not, you're like, oh, at least he got a look. Well, I yeah. guess the, the best answer is to merge the two. That's the coolest of the bunch, wouldn't it be? How do you merge To do them? the old Larry Johnson hit oh, the four-point four? play. Mm. Yeah, you get hit the three, get fouled, and then have to step to the line and knock down the free throw, which is even tougher in theory, especially if you're at home. Crowd's going berserk. You remember that Larry Johnson four-point play against the Pacers? Yeah. yeah, like, it's funny when you watch it. He hits the three. He gets fouled, obviously. Place go, erupts. And then he's, like, doing, like, this thing. He's like, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Everybody, hold on. I got to step up to the line and hit a free throw. And yeah. then he does. I think he clanks it home. If, uh, no, maybe, well, maybe not. I don't think he gets a kind bounce. But anyway. That's, the problem is these free throws aren't on highlights ever. Like, right, nobody, right. So if you're looking for a highlight, if you're looking for something to remember, it ain't free throws. Right, uh, right. But as you said, for the free throws, it may be the more mental challenge of anything. It might be the most difficult. But mm. for for one for one person, maybe that's good. Maybe that's good. But as far as highlights go, yeah. You don't Do you think see you that, should be really. able to, if you have three foul shots, you get to go to the ref and go. I'll just take one shot, but I'll take a deep three. <laughs> like you can sort of like make a deal like you're on Survivor with Jeff Probst. <laughs> like instead of shooting three free throws, I'll just shoot, eh, you know, four feet behind the three-point line. Just one attempt. And we could just play on from there. Or maybe even a, a jumper or like a deep jumper <laughs> off the glass and then one free throw. Like you can, you can get yourself up to three points, but it's up to you. <laughs> sure. How you want to do it. Interesting. <laughs> Change the game, man. Yeah. Chet would pick the three-point three shot. Three-pointer, yeah. 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 I mean, because probably he, most of these guys would. Because that was fun. Chet was trying to celebrate after hitting that big three. If you lied to me and said he only hit one of those free throws, I would have believed you. I, I just don't remember. I, I would yeah. never see the yeah. highlight. Yeah, he wanted to party. He wanted That's to why party most people are that. picking the three, for sure. But Tim, yeah. Tim must be a free throw sicko. Good stuff. All right, final one here. Uh, the Warriors have the opportunity to play the NBA daddy lineup. Five players whose fathers all played in the NBA. Steph, Clay, Gary Payton II, Wiggins, and TJD. Create your best NBA daddy lineup from active players. That's from uh, Leandra433 by way of Twitter. I was a little confused. Why would this be called the NBA daddy lineup? I mean, they're the sons. But anyway, <laughs> they all have father uh-huh. that played, uh, played pro. Um, you want to you want to tackle this one? Who's your NBA? There's a lot of dad. A lot of dads. There's so many sons out there right now. Uh, Steph and Clay make the team, uh, regardless of if it's just the Warriors or if it's uh, entire league wide. Uh, And then the next three, I'm adding. It doesn't make sense when I'm looking at it (laughs) starters wise, but level of player compared to their dad. I'm going with here, Uh, Devin Booker. Okay, his dad played in the NBA. Melvin. <laughs> yeah, <no. laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, Jalen Brunson, much better than Rick, Rick. Brunson. Yep, yep. Uh, and then Jaron Jackson Jr., much better than Jaron Jackson Sr. Those are my other starters alongside Stephen Clay. The all zaddies, <laughs> uh, as Roberto says. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's more fun than just, just picking dads. You want me to pick? Wait, you want him to pick dads? Yeah, you kind of have to. I thought I thought that was the point point of the question. Create your best NBA daddy lineup from active players. So LeBron, uh, his son will be playing <laughs> NBA next season. Yeah, Bronny's looking good for USC right now. Other well, guys I would consider: Demontis Sabonis. Yeah. Arvidas. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Arvidas may be the better player, but NBA career. Demontis has already yeah. had a better NBA career. Yeah. Jeremy Grant. Uh, Definitely better. <laughs> Son of Harvey Grant. Yeah. Horace Grant getting another mention here. Nephew <laughs> yeah, of wow. Horace Grant. Darius Garland. Uh, is oh, he better yeah. than Winston Garland? I think yes. Yeah. Uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. Ooh. Just passed his dad on the all-time three-point list. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but Tim Hardaway, Hall of Famer. Hall of Famer. Al Horford. Ooh, Tito. Tito. <laughs> I like that. Kevin Love. Gary Trent Jr. You know who the GM is? No. Mike Dunleavy Jr. <laughs> you know the coaches? <laughs> Mike Dunleavy Sr. There you go. There you go. It works. So, okay, so you thought you thought she was asking for that. Like, Create your best NBA daddy lineup. But she called this the NBA daddy lineup. 
Okay, whatever. That's why I got confused. Yeah, that's why it's like very we're confusing. Sons. But it was a great question because we got to name a bunch of guys. I love naming guys. Yeah. That should be an all-star event. Let's do that. Let's just do – let's make two teams. But the, it's dads and sons. Okay, so the bench is the dads. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right? So basically what you just did and, like, you went through them and we just divide them and find out. We can maybe – we could probably do East versus West. I, I'm sure Easily. there's enough. Easily. Yeah, there's yeah, just yeah. so many. Good stuff. All right. That's a that's a little beach step, and keep your questions coming all throughout the week, all throughout the play uh, the playoffs, all throughout the weekend. I was gonna say, uh, no dunks at theathletic.com if you want to email them in, or at no dunks inc on Twitter, or leave them in the YouTube comments. Those are your three best ways to get in touch with your boys. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f***ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Wouldn't you love to travel without the actual, you know, traveling part? For example, I want to go to Lisbon, let's say. I just snap my fingers, I'm there. No driving to the airport, no flight delays, no fools at security who still don't know that, yes, you need to take your laptop out of your bag and place it in the tray. Oh my god, how long have we been doing this? Travel without traveling. I want it both ways, but that's not possible. It is with Mack Weldon, though. Guys tend to think looking sharp means starchy Oxfords and stiff chinos rather than effortless comfort. But this is possible to have it both ways. Mack Weldon makes timeless apparel with modern performance fabrics for guys who want to look and feel sharp without sacrificing comfort. From their light-as-air underwear to innovative anti-odor tees and versatile yet comfortable pants... Mack Weldon has a full range of clothes that never go out of style. I've got it all. I got the air knit underwear. I got the Ace Collection sweatpants. I've got the Silver Peak polo. Everything fits perfectly. All I get is compliments. Mack Weldon has figured this stuff out. Because performance fabric usually means clothes that look or feel sort of techy or shiny. Mack Weldon clothes are designed to fit your style and the demands of a busy life. They look like regular clothes, which is good. I want regular clothes, but feel like the latest in modern comfort. They're the go-to choice for guys who want to look great without even trying. Get timeless looks with modern comfort from Mack Weldon. Go to MacWeldon.com and get 20% off your first order with the promo code NODUNKS. That's M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N.com, promo code NODUNKS. Okay, let's get to Tweet of the Night. Mm, tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. Thanks for reminding me that Devin Booker's dad played in the NBA. Melvin Booker, right? I, I mean, I don't think he Melvin played Booker a lot. Melvin Booker was a bucket. He didn't play a lot, though, did he? Melvin. No, he played 32 NBA games, but I, I had forgotten that. Um, I got two tweets for you. They are, uh, they're a pair, though. Uh, it starts off with Caboose L17 at Shea Serrano. You mentioned in the most recent Six Trophies podcast, great fucking podcast, that you had a list of non-Spurs players that you always thought should be Spurs. I would like to see it. Much respect. Let's go, Mavs. My best to you and yours. Okay, so uh, Shay saw this. Always good on Twitter for a response. And he shared his top five non-Spurs players that should have been Spurs list. Little typo there. And he has... On his list of, again, non-Spurs players that should have been Spurs. Mike Conley, Udonis Haslam, Sean Livingston, Shane Battier, and Raja Bell. And I just wanted to get your uh, opinions, guys, on, on Shay's list there. And, and whether or not 
a majority of those guys even feels like they played for the Spurs at once upon a time. Because I was like, hold on, Shane Battier didn't play for the Spurs at one point in his career? But that's a, I thought it was a pretty good list. But, uh, Very good list. What do you think? Five men who are extremely <laughs> solid at their jobs. None are spectacular. No, even no. though I love my Mike Conley, I love how he snuck in an all-star. Uh, but those five men... You need one on every team. Udonis Haslam was a starter on a championship team, but people forget that. Uh, so, yeah, very, very good. Yeah. Very, very good. What do you think? Anyone else you'd maybe add to the list or someone you'd want to take off? The only guy I'm taking off is Haslam. Okay. He's heat culture. He's heat culture, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, he beat the Spurs in the 2013 finals. Fair. You know? So that's the only quibble I had. Uh, he is he's their Tim Duncan, but, you know. Not a Hall of Famer. Yeah. <laughs> Just uh, a podcaster, like he, all the rest of us. He podcasts a lot. Um, there was another podcaster on there that I've already forgot. Raja Bell's on podcast. Mm-hmm. Everybody's podcasting <laughs> these days. Did you want to do a little trivia with Raja Bell? I mean, obviously never played for the Spurs, even though no. it sort of feels like he maybe did at one point, and uh, I think he's great to include on Shay's list. Uh, all the teams Raja played on, can you do it? In, if you can do it in order, I'll give you a quarter. He was a son. He yeah. was a son, but he, he played on three teams prior to that. He was a Philadelphia 76 That's how he started his career. He was a Utah Jazz. Yes, and you're missing one year in between. Charlotte Bobcats? Nobody played for them later. Yeah, later. And so you've got um, you've only got two teams left because he went back to the Jazz at the end of his career. Rush up. Yeah, this is a tough 0-2-0-3. Played the entire season for this team after the Sixers and before the Jazz. It's, that's it's tough. He only scored uh, 3.1 points per game. He started 32 games. Never though. a big scorer. No, no. East or West? West. Ooh, oof, oof. Yeah, this is a good one. This is a good yeah, one. 0203 didn't have league pass <laughs> to keep up with Raja Bell's uh, comings and goings. I, I see the name Wiggins, and I want to say he was a Minnesota. Uh, okay, hold on. What? Minnesota? Minnesota and the Thunder no. are both incorrect. Now, Golden State. Okay, he played one game for Golden State yeah. in 09 10. Oh. I'm looking for the full season. This is a forgotten Raja Bell season. I could give you some teammates, but you would get it. Unlike right all on. the other super memorable ones well, yeah, that people yeah. are talking Sorry. about. Um, what can I tell you about this season? Let me. T- did they make the playoffs this year? They did not. I don't think. Dallas Mavericks. Correct. They're Good a job. Team in the West. There you go. <laughs> Do you remember that? Nobody obviously does. I, know, I can't no. picture him in a jersey on the Mavs, but he played 75 games. There you go. Raja Bell. No nickname on Basketball Reference. <laughs> his name's too cool to begin with. It's a good name. Mm. It's a good name. His, Raja. Uh, his nickname is not Charlie. <laughs> Should we put Raja <laughs> Bell on our uh, NBA wall clock? <laughs> oh, that's not bad, actually. <laughs> Could be there. Uh, good stuff. Great tweets. Let's call it there. Another classic. Probably, you tell us. Leave us a five-star rating and review. Hit the like button, subscribe, and uh, tell your friends about the show. We're doing a lot better job, we're trying to at least, to pull out clips from the show too and get those up on YouTube and share them on Twitter slash X. So uh, do your part, share those, like those, and uh, maybe you'll get some uh, new fans coming our way if you share a clip that you like. But we will see you guys tomorrow. Drop podcast tomorrow. Uh, Rapid fire fun. We're going to do some New Year's resolutions for teams, players, ourselves. So join us then at 10 10 a.m. Eastern here in the Classic Factory. But until then, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, let's go back to the dads because I always forget about this dad in the NBA. His first name was Mitchell. Wiggins. Wiggins. I always forget about that guy. (laughs) Race of the day, people. Sorry, sorry. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel.
Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. 